0: Hello, and welcome to Resources Radio, a weekly podcast from Resources for the Future. I'm your host, Kristen Hayes. My guest today is Luis Sarmiento, a postdoctoral research economist at the RFF CMCC, European Institute on Economics in the Environment, or EIEE. Luis is based in Milan, uh, but is also affiliated with the Department of Environment, Energy, and Transportation of the German Institute of Economic Research, or DIW Berlin. Luis and I are going to be discussing a paper that he and his co-author, Young Jae Kim, released earlier this fall, looking at the air pollution impacts of Uber. The introduction of Uber and other ride-sharing services has been getting mixed reviews in terms of environmental impact, so Luis and I are going to look at his new research and discuss what the evidence shows. Stay with us. Hi Luis, welcome to Resources Radio. It's really nice to talk with you.
1: Hi Kristen, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, So quickly, before we talk about this new research, I would like to introduce you a bit more to our listening audience. So why don't I give you a chance to say just a bit about your background and your overall research interests?
1: Well, um, overall, uh, I'm an environmental economist and with a particular focus on the determinants of air pollution and, of course, the effect that air pollution has on human welfare. And what do I mean by human welfare? Well, it's the effects of pollution on, on health, on labor productivity, on cognitive abilities. And besides that, I also focus on other environmental topics as the North American energy transition or the effects of natural disasters on labor markets or the transportation sector. So overall, those are my main topics.
0: Okay. And, and how did you get interested in working on air pollution in particular?
1: Well, it, it is a, you know, a complicated story. Um, I used to be a banker back in the days. (laughs) And at one point in time, after my master's degree, a a professor came close to me and said, hey, do you want to do your PhD in economics? So I started doing my PhD. And while I was doing my PhD, where where I was more focused on, on macro, I don't know. I just felt really connected with environmental sciences and environmental research. So I completely shifted my focus and within environmental research, something that, because I come from Mexico City and Mexico City is constantly having pollution related issues. So once I started doing environmental research, I don't know. I, I was drawn towards air pollution since it's something I've been hearing about in my day to day life since I'm a kid. So that, that's the main reason why I'm. Doing air pollution research,
0: right? Well, that makes a lot of sense. I think issues that are close to home are often most uh, most compelling to try to study. So, okay, well, let's talk about this new research that you and Dr. Kim have are putting out there right now. Um, and I want to start with a little bit of context by talking about what we do and do not know about Uber's impact on air pollution. So, you noted in the paper that then New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio had argued for restricting Uber's growth in the city based in part on concerns over air pollution increases. But you also note that, and I quote here, the existing literature has yet to understand Uber's effects on overall air quality. So there's some narrative that Uber is making things worse, but there's clearly still some confusion. Where does the sense that Uber has led to increased air pollution come from?
1: Well, it is not only Mayor de Blasio. We have evidence, well, uh, anecdotes also from the mayor of London, the mayor of Milan, even the mayor of Mexico City, uh, being worried about the pollution effects of Uber. And this is a a very easy connection and I think a a very logical one, one that I myself, when I started this paper, thought thought very logical. And the the basic idea is, well, uh, cars pollute. Uber increases the number of cars, and naturally, more cars means more pollution, which is, is this very simple explanation, and humans' beings are driven to these simple explanations. However, what we want to point out in this research and in this paper is that the relationship between Uber and air quality is way more complicated, and it depends on way other factors beyond just the increase in the number of vehicles.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And you often reference in the paper kind of the some of these challenges uh, between studying the link between Uber adoption and air pollution impacts. So can you say a little bit more about what makes that study particularly challenging?
1: Well, first, like the first challenge is that of course the effects of Uber are going to be heterogeneous by cities, uh, and this depends on the architecture and the transportation environment of the specific city. Now. Within this city, there are several mechanisms that can drive the effect of Uber. For example, one of these mechanisms is the substitution of all cars. Once Uber enters a city, it can substitute all taxis. For example, imagine New York City. uh, All taxis in New York City were substituted by Uber rides, or even it can substitute all private vehicles. If this happens, Uber will tend to, to decrease air pollution. Another mechanism is called complementarity with the urban transportation system. And the idea is that Uber can aid commuters to reach the public transportation system. For instance, in Chicago, the subway network is kind of built in a asterisk kind of form in which all of the subway stations start in the suburbs and they coalesce towards downtown Chicago. However, the connection between the suburb stations is very, very bad. And the idea is that if you live in the suburbs and you're not within walking distance of a subway station, perhaps Uber can help you with a short ride to reach the subway station and then use the public transportation system. However, not everything is good, of course. We also have evidence of the scale effect that is the reason why Major Di Blasio was saying that Uber was increasing pollution. Because indeed, Uber does potentially increase the number of cars in the streets and also with the transportation system it does not only complement it but it can also substitute it like at times people that use the subway or use the public transportation system might decide to use an uber so all of these effects in the transportation system make very complicated to make like a general assessment of what is the true effect however it's not only that, once you move from the complexity of the transportation system, you also have complexity in terms of atmospheric chemistry. So even if Uber were to increase the combustion of fossil fuels and thus the pollution that is related with this combustion, for example, the emission of nitrogen dioxides, this does not necessarily translate worse air quality. And this happens because pollutants in the lower atmosphere interact with one another. So an increase in nitrogen dioxide, for example, can lead to a decrease in atmospheric ozone. And ozone is one of the pollutants that are most harmful for human beings. So even if you increase nitrogen dioxide, perhaps this will improve air quality. So as you can see, not only from the complexities of the transportation system, but also from the complexities of the chemicals in the atmosphere, trying to assess the effect of is very complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you guys set up quite quite a challenge for yourselves. And I always appreciate that when researchers <laughs> are willing to dive in and sort of tackle the hard questions here. So let's talk a little bit about what you and Dr. Kim did to try to fill an information gap in that case. Um, I want to start with Talking a little bit about the data that you were working with, and I, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of the geographic scope of what you were looking at, where the data came from. Did it come from Uber directly? Where you pulled in the air quality data? Tell us a little bit more about that piece of the puzzle.
1: Yes, definitely. Well, we decided to concentrate on the United States, um, both because Uber suffered of no restrictions in the United States. It has like a very easy-going rollout, while In Europe, a lot of governments and a lot of cities restricted Uber. So we decided to concentrate on the United States. Regarding the introduction date of Uber, back in the days, I will say 2016, Uber used to have in their website a list with their cities and the day they started operations in the cities. However, they stopped publishing this information and they took it out of their website. I don't know what is the reason. So we needed to rely on other peer review studies that work with this data in order to get the specific introduction date of Uber to each city. But also we went into Google and we made manual searches like, well, what is Uber introduction date in Chicago? And then from newspapers or articles, we extract the introduction date of Uber to each metropolitan area in the United States. And regarding air pollution, we decided to concentrate on on the air quality index. The air quality index is just an index that goes between 0 and 500 units. And what it does is that it transforms the concentration of the most important uh, pollutants in the atmospheres into a single scale that is easy to understand. And we got this data at the county level from the Environmental Protection Agency.
0: Okay. Is there any temporal variation that you all were thinking about as well? You know, is this dependent on number of hot days versus cold days? Does that depend by geography? Chicago obviously has more cold days than a place like Miami. So did, that, did the kind of geographic or temporal variation come into play at all?
1: Well, yes. Um, in robustness scenarios in our paper, we look at a specific areas of the United States However, we, we find that across the entire country, it really doesn't matter if you go to, to the northern part of the country or to the south, we see evidence that, that Uber has very similar effects. Uh, however, while trying to understand heterogeneous effects by by time of the year, by period of the year, we, we find out that, that the effects of Uber on air pollution were higher in, in, in summer months. So yes, there, there's some variation. Uh, specifically the effects of Uber on air quality are higher in the summer.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like we're teasing the findings a little bit, and I don't want to yes. keep our listeners waiting too much here. But So why don't we turn to that, and if you can share a little bit about kind of how you pulled that data together in designing and carrying out your analysis, and then obviously feel free to tell us what you found as well.
1: Okay, well, uh, what we did to try to identify the effect of Uber on air pollution was uh, a famous econometric technique to infer the causal effects. And this is called difference in differences. However, we needed to adapt these techniques to the particularities of our framework. For example, Uber implementation was staggered across the U.S. So Uber started operations in cities at different points in time which this increase the challenge of analyzing the effects. Also, we have dynamic treatment effects. So the effect of Uber is not like a one-time jump. Uh, It's dynamic. It evolves across time. And another challenge, of course, is that you have competing policies and competing shocks. You can think of forest fires as a shock that is there, bringing noise to our estimates and that we need to control for. But in layman terms, just to, to make it pretty straightforward, we compared the difference in the pollution values of cities with and without Uber before and after the company starts operations in order to try to assess the, the effect of, of Uber. Uh, of course, it's, it's a bit more complicated than that. And for that, you have to read the paper. But, but this is kind of the, the basic intuition for it, right? Well, the findings were... For me, very surprising, <laughs> to be honest, the first time I saw them. And it was that we find very consistent evidence that on average Uber improves air quality. And this, just for you to have an idea of how large this is, is this effect, we find that on average it decreases their quality index by around 10 units or 7% of the values of their quality index before Uber was implemented. So this is a 7% reduction. Wow, and okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's significant indeed. But to provide um, further intuition, so the Environmental Protection Agency considers a day as unhealthy for the, for the population if it is beyond 100 units, right? So what we find is that Uber decreases the number of days that cities in the U.S. report days beyond 100 units by 2.53 days. Uh, this means that overall, across all of the cities in the United States and all of the cities in the sample, we have 2,000 fewer days of bad air quality per year. So aggregating across all of the cities. So this is a very significant finding, and this is a very significant effect, Um, if you think about it, that it even surprised me. Now, looking at heterogeneous effects, uh, as I said before, uh, we find that most of this decrease in their quality and most of the reduction in the days of butter quality is concentrated in the summer months and it comes from a decrease in atmospheric ozone, although we also find decreases for fine particulate matter that this is dust um, These results are less robust to alternative specifications. however, the ozone effect is very very robust, and it holds across any number of specifications that we do in, in the paper now across the different specifications that are, we do in the paper, we try to understand is this effect holds across different census regions in the United States, so we divide the country into the western states, uh, southern states, the midwest etc, and we find that the effect is very consistent across regions in the u s so we find reductions in the air quality index for the West Coast. We found reductions for the Midwest from the South, Texas, the Great Plains, which this reduces worries that our point estimates come from specific shocks that we're not accounting for. Because if this were the case, the shock will need to exist across all of these regions, right? However, worry that perhaps there's some other shocks that we're not accounting for, we also reduced the size of our data by excluding all of those counties that violate North American air quality standards. These air quality standards are when you have very large levels of air pollution, the Environmental Protection Agency fines you, and then you are forced to implement public policies to reduce air pollution. So we took away all of the counties that, that receive kind of these fines, in order to, because there's evidence that these counties um, decrease their levels of air pollution after they've, they're fined by the Miranda Protection Agency, and if this is correlated, when Uber going into these counties, this might bias the estimates a little bit. And in the end, we, we we find that taking away these counties really doesn't change the point estimates or or the results. And also, we do two additional robustness scenarios in which we take away all of those counties that have changes in their power plant's fleet. So if you close or you open a coal power plant, and also all of those counties that have forest fires in their vicinity. Mm-hmm.
0: Another significant air quality impact, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and in the end, it doesn't matter how which counties we consider, we, which counties we take away, the effect is very consistent. The, the effect stays there, which is very good news for our research. And we were very happy that it was such a stable effect across different subsamples, right? And, well, that, that's, that, that's almost it in terms of results. However, there are some caveats to this study, right? I think one of the main issues is that we're talking here about the average effect of Uber across the United States. and. This doesn't mean that, that Uber improves air quality for all of the cities in the country. The, this is an average effect. So we can have cities that because of their specific characteristics, Uber decreases air quality while there can be cities that the contrary happens. This is an average effect. We couldn't go in the paper to analyze each city because it was just too long, too much. So we decided, okay, let's just focus on the average effect this time identify this effect and be very certain of what is the average and leave for future research trying to understand what is the effect of each specific city, right? And well, that I think is is the main caveat. Another thing that was missing in our study was to try to identify all of these mechanisms that I told you at the start of the paper. We cannot really identify them because as we're identifying an average effect, these mechanisms will be heterogeneous by your urban center, for example, the substitution mechanism of all taxis might be very relevant in New York, but not so relevant in, in a smaller urban agglomeration like Nashville. So to identify the mechanisms, also future research calls to try to understand it at the city level and see what mechanisms are the ones driving the effect of Uber on Air Quality, either to the positive or to the negative side.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's really your next step, you'd say, is to sort of – because I, I find myself um, both surprised by the results, as you were, and then also, you know, my mind quickly turns to, well, why would that, that be the case? And and so getting to the why seems like the, the next step here. And, and if I'm hearing you correctly, this the idea of – delving down into kind of specific cities where you can actually understand the interplay between the factors that you noted at the very beginning of our conversation, the structure of the transportation system, you know, the geography, all that stuff. Um, Looking at that in more detail might allow you to understand some of these mechanisms a bit more. Is that right?
1: Yes, exactly, Kristen. But it's Mm -hmm. it's very challenging because let's imagine that a city like New York and let's imagine that the two most relevant mechanisms in this city are the substitution of all taxis, but there's also a scale. There are more cars in the streets. So these two effects work contrary to each other. So perhaps you find uh, a null effect of Uber because these two effects are fighting each other. So each analysis of each city has to be very specific. Uh, however, for New York, we do find a very large decrease. Just <laughs> for the future and for the future paper, we do find it for New York. And what we want to do is make the analysis for each city. with a, It's called a synthetic difference. And differences is, is a new econometric technique. I think it was just published last month in the American Economic Review. And the idea is to use this to identify the effect on each city and then apply machine learning to try to understand what are the specific factors that predict that a coefficient will be positive or negative. That is kind of the idea of the next paper.
0: hmm Okay. All right. And I guess I wanted to ask a follow-up too about um, whether it's also possible to look at the introduction of other new forms of transportation in cities. Um, Obviously, you know, some of those, I think intuitively, for example, the introduction of bike share programs or scooters or any of the other things that certainly float around Washington, D.C. on a regular basis. Obviously, those being... uh, you know, zero emission options, the air quality impacts would be, I think, clearly focused in one direction. But... But is there an opportunity to use similar techniques to look at the impacts of those introductions on various factors as well? At least understand the magnitudes of the impacts that those introductions are having?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, what you're saying about this bike revolution, right? The new bike lanes, rental bikes in in big cities in the United States. I think this will be very interesting to try and understand. Also, it has very similar challenges as the introduction of Uber, right? The, the transportation system is a... Uh, It's a very dynamic um, animal, and it's quite difficult to try to pinpoint how all of the different elements of the transportation system interact with each other. But of course, trying to understand the effect of people riding bicycles will be very interesting. There are some studies in Germany trying to analyze the effect of building regional trains between cities, and they find decreases in air pollution when you build regional trains with similar techniques. So yes, there's a lot of space to try to understand this. And I believe on average, we tend to try to simplify the transportation system. For example, with bicycles, we say, "Okay, more bicycles will certainly decrease pollution, right? And as with Uber. Uh, it's, it's very complicated. We, a priori, we don't know if the people who are riding the bicycles were people who were riding the subway. So perhaps the effect is zero because these persons are not moving from cars to bicycles; they're moving from the subway to bicycles. And this, and of course, this forces us to to do a lot of research and try to to dive into the specificities of each transportation mode. However, well, this is kind of the idea, right? It's a complicated system and the answer is not as straightforward as we believe it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. You know, if my intuition was that adding Uber would have increased air pollution, maybe I shouldn't make the assumption that adding bicycles would decrease air pollution. Well and not because
1: only just, Kristen, even yeah. mine. My intuition was the same. Uber should mm-hmm. increase air pollution. And as an environmental economist, I have to I swear you that I tried to re- destroy this <laughs> result. I, I really tried to like no, something is wrong here. <laughs> right. But then the more I was really going into the paper and tried to explain it, the more I realized that my beliefs, my a priori beliefs were just wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's why research is so valuable, right? Because <laughs> we do have intuitions, and but checking them against the data is really valuable, certainly for decision makers. So maybe I'll kind of close the discussion of the paper itself with a question about how you see this information being used. So again, this is, you know, there's there's a lot more to do here. We've talked about the research that you want to undertake next. We've talked about some of the different kind of ways that this uh, type of research could be implemented, looking at other introductions. But let's say we got a robust enough body of information. How would you anticipate that someone in a city might look at this and, and kind of make decisions?
1: Well, this this is challenging to say, but if I were um, a politician or a, or a public administrator, <laughs> an, urban planner, sure. an urban planner, and now I get the information that that rail-hailing technologies have the potential to improve air quality, this will be part of my cost-benefit analysis. For example, in Europe, when, where they restrict Uber because of environmental concerns and Uber cannot enter cities, well, in the cost-benefit analysis, I will say, okay, Uber will not pollute more. However, this goes hand-in-hand with with the taxi industry, right? That is a very sensitive topic. And of course, we need to take care of taxi drivers and their livelihoods and et cetera. So it's also it's a disruptive technology by itself. So I think for a politician, it's way more tricky because he has to balance uh, the effect of Uber on taxi drivers and the disruption of Uber um, in the transportation system with environmental claims, et cetera. So what I want to say is, the environmental part that we just found out that on average Uber improves air quality in the cost-benefit analysis that is often done, it will go now to the benefit side of Uber. That, that is the only thing that that I can provide at the moment. Not saying that Uber is perfect. Of course, the technology has a lot of drawbacks. And we will strive for, for example, I think in California, they're trying to make Uber completely electric. So all of the Uber cars. I was just
0: going to ask about that. Yeah. If there's a change in the fleet, either the taxi fleet or the Uber fleet, I'm assuming that would further, you know, kind of change the cost benefit
1: calculation. Definitely. So it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even here in, in Milan, if you go to the airport, you have the option if you order an Uber to order an Uber green and you get like an electric vehicle, right? So if... People start ordering more of these Uber greens, then when Uber enters a city, if most of the Uber cars are electric cars, the improvements on air quality are going to be way larger. And even from from a company point of view, perhaps the company can say, okay, if we're having such a big challenge to enter the European market, for example, why not start making our fleet electric? That will allow us to have um, more negotiation power with with majors in Europe, right?
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Well, this makes me want to come to Milan. I mean, just to take an electric Uber. So, you know, see you in 2022, I hope. Yes,
1: come here. We go for some pasta.
0: That sounds great. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, well, Luis, this has been really interesting, and I really appreciate your taking the time to talk to talk to me about the paper. So let's close with our regular feature, Top of the Stack. And I wanted to ask you, um, what's on the top of your stack? What good content would you want to recommend of any you know, media format to our listeners?
1: Hmm. Well, right now, just from the top of my mind, um, I started a book on the history of Iran. I know it sounds strange, but, I don't know, a couple of months back, I realized I was very ignorant about the history of a lot of the world. So I decided, okay, I, I'm going to start with just one random country. So I bought a very large book, like 700 pages. So <laughs> It's a very
0: large history, <laughs> yes. so that makes sense. Yes, right? I was
1: not ready. I was really not, not prepared for this. So uh, yeah. I bought this book. It's called Modern History of Iran by Abbas Amanat. And it's incredible for me. It's like reading the Lord of the Rings. It's like, it's like <laughs> history that I have no idea it happened. Very like yeah. incredible things, treasury, wars. It's very, very interesting. I'm just like, if anyone wants to know about the history of Iran you can read this book, but also like the idea of just reading the history of random nations is extremely interesting.
0: That's really cool. I thought uh, it was really neat. I look forward to the next conversation when we figure out what you're reading next.
1: <laughs> okay. Um,
0: then you'll be able to educate us about lots of countries in the world. <laughs> yeah, about both Iran. Mexico and Italy and Iran. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. Yes, yes. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for that very creative uh, recommendation. That's much appreciated. All right. Well, it was great to talk with you and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Okay. Yes. It was a pleasure. Have a good morning, good night over here. <laughs> okay. okay, take ciao, care. Ciao,
0: You've been listening to Resources Radio. Learn how to support Resources for the Future at rff.org support. If you have a minute, we'd really appreciate you leaving us a rating or a comment on your podcast platform of choice. Also, feel free to send us your suggestions for future episodes. Resources Radio is a podcast from Resources for the Future. RFF is an independent, nonprofit research institution in Washington, D.C. Our mission is to improve environmental, energy, and natural resource decisions through impartial economic research and policy engagement. The views expressed on this podcast are solely those of the podcast guests and may differ from those of RFF experts, its officers, or its directors. RFF does not take positions on specific legislative proposals. Resources Radio is produced by Elizabeth Wasson, with music by Daniel Ramey. Join us next week for another episode.